Where are we going? Welcome to this exclusive podcast produced by Spirit Watch Ministries that will show where life in our darkening times is now turning and how you can avoid the detours of deception through the hope of biblical truth. The Lord Jesus in Matthew 24 warned us over two millennia ago and how urgently we need to heed him now. Our host is Pastor Rafael Martinez, a seasoned Northwest Indiana-based minister, intercessor, and counter-cult apologist who will help you discern the journey of change we're all on as the last day of the last days now winds down. For more information, check out our Facebook page and our website at spiritwatch.org. Now. Here's Pastor Raphael. Hello, and thanks for listening today, February 12, 2022, as our march continues toward the end of all things. I'm Raphael Martinez, a minister within the Church of God Cleveland Movement for well over 28 years, and the director of Spearwatch Ministries, an outreach that provides biblical discernment in a time of deception. Our podcast is titled, Where Are We Going?, it's using a great question that I think a lot of people are asking these days and which, which we're going to explore today in our second season's third episode of this podcast. And we're glad you found us, or if you came back. These podcasts will give you a solidly biblical perspective on our times and the trouble we're all finding in them. It's easy to find our podcast on the internet at our spiritwatch.org ministry website link or on Facebook using the search term Spiritwatch Ministries. Links to them will be there on our homepage and our Facebook page. Please let a friend or two know about the podcast today, if you don't mind. Now, our chief concern for the podcast today is to provide exposés on wherever spiritual deception lurks. Cultic and abusive spirituality is a silent and dark reality that stalks the body of Christ everywhere, and Christians are the chief targets. Now, in a day when the church is losing as many members as it might gain, it has been our ministry's observation that many of those who come and leave and never darken a church door again are those who usually have been impacted by these alien forms of cyto-Christian spirituality. Here in Northwest Indiana and the region, not unlike the rest of the country or the world itself, such activity goes on silently, daily, and is hidden in plain sight, to use a tired old cliché. It's so normal in these darkening times to behold the abnormal and think that this is the way it just should be. For the dysfunction to be an accepted option among the functional and for the false to be hailed as the truth. We live in a day in which the deceptive is so readily accepted as the reliable. And in today's podcast, we want to explore how readily deception uses the spiritual as a backdoor into the hearts and minds of billions worldwide. The celebrated Hoosier humorist, George Ade, one of Indiana's literary heroes of the past, who could easily have been mistaken for a Mark Twain or an Oscar Wilde, once rather wryly observed that, quote, one man's poison ivy is another man's spinach, end quote. What Ade was saying was that what one person can find repulsively distasteful can be found by another to be a four-course gourmet feast. The belief or principle we might strongly disagree with can readily be most strongly asserted by our friend, neighbor, or family member as the absolute truth. Of course, we'd respect that individuals should be allowed their own perspectives and lifestyle, but when making room for such a broad tolerance, we would remind you that such a place of convictions can become a stronghold where the deepest of deception can find a safe haven in their lives. And the usage of faith as a springboard into that is obviously something that must be 
carefully watched. Now, this, is, this has been seen again and again in humanity when such deception turns social interaction within a group of like-minded people into an enterprise of incremental extremism. The steps into deception are rarely bold stroke leaps, but are instead subtle walks from the known into the unknown. And that's why deceptive cultism can and does involve movements that aren't typically viewed as cultic, from business associations to therapy groups to even codependent personal relationships. These are cultic settings virtually invisible to independent observation off of most people's social radar screens, but are no less spiritually toxic or dangerous. Now this is one of those established social realities which are largely overlooked or ignored by too many people who can readily distance themselves from such ugly realities. It's not my problem, they would say, so they very easily you know, dismiss their involvement in such a thing. Uh, that is until it is their son or parent or friend or co-worker who joins such a deceptive social order and then try to get them involved as well. They watch them become strangers whose relationships became judgmental and distant. Robots whose reprogrammed lifestyle involves extreme belief, alienation from the world, and abandonment of their past life before they got involved. Their recruitment to this always starts off through new friendships, new courses, study, changes in lifestyle, or even church attendance. And it seems at first that it's so innocent and, and even beneficial. But when they radically change their lifestyles and abandon careers to give their lives bit by bit completely over to the agenda of their newfound associations, it's then that their horrified friends and families come to understand that they've been recruited to a cause and conditioned by its mind-controlling environment that can only be described as that of a cultic organization and seduction. Cults are a social scourge that's been around for a long, long time even back in Bible times in ancient worlds over two millennia ago. The Apostle Paul wrote in his second letter to the Corinthian church in chapter 11 and verses 3 through 4 of his own grave concern. But I fear, he wrote, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit which you have not received, or another gospel which you've not accepted, you still might well bear with him." End quote. Now Paul is aware of the spiritual shell game that was played by so many opportunists in the churches that were growing all throughout the ancient Near East, and he was dismayed at how many actually embraced the deception spread by those preaching what he called another gospel. Through the power of another spirit, that championed the identity and the calling of another Jesus. These were all counterfeits to the actual truths that Paul had actually given his life for. And this truth was readily perverted by those whom Paul identified in verses 13 to 15 in the same chapter in no uncertain terms. He wrote, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ, no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed as an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Deceitful workers who were agents of Satan were busy at work 2,000 years ago, making themselves sound, appear, and act 
is if they're in real Christian mission, creating real churches and spreading real Christian truth. And the apostle has already been warning the early church of such people for decades, warning many early Christian church leaders that deception was an unashamedly bold reality in their midst. You can hear this by reading his passionate warning in the book of Acts, chapter 20. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also, of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years I ceased not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Paul prophesied that false teachers from outside the church and some who were then in his very presence would deceptively use their positions to create followings to serve their own ambitions and agenda. Sadly, the rise of many heretical movements from the first century onward are a soberingly well-documented phenomenon that to this day are a bane to the progress of genuine Christian faith and which we've beheld across our lands and world history for almost two millennia. In the 2015 documentary, Join Us, lawyer Phil Elberg provided a sobering perspective about the present-day reality of cults in our midst that is helpful to recall here. I don't think there's a real understanding of, of what we're talking about. If you go back 30 years, uh, there were a couple of large cults, the Moonies, Hare Krishna group, and the Scientologists. Now what we seem to have is not those huge groups, but these smaller groups. Elberg points out that in the public perception, cults were largely found in identifiably institutional forms. They were easier to identify and were massive operations with thousands of members worldwide. Nowadays, he advised that smaller and far more insular groups embedded everywhere in society are increasingly becoming the normal form of cultism among us. Indeed, Phil's observation really highlights the painful reality that public perception and understanding of cultism has now increased to the point that we recognize such groups existing largely unnoticed and yet in forms that appear quite beneficial and even uplifting social influences. And yet, while their cloaks are more colorful and pleasing to the eye, the ugly reality beneath them still is intact. Leopards can't change the spots, as the Bible also says, and cults are still cults, no matter how attractive they seem. In the next few weeks, we're going to be providing more specific insight on some of the undeniably twisted forms of cultism we've plumbed in recent years that have quietly and efficiently destroyed lives in whatever social setting they've been clinging to, whether it's been the quiet of country pastors or the frenzy of urban living. Spearwatch Ministries has been working with survivors and victims of several smaller cults which have been well hidden under the rug for decades. And it's our hope to bring some of them to our podcast and share even in phone calls what they've seen and experienced. This will be our focus for a bit, and we think you're going to find this quite eye-opening and a validation of the scripture warnings we've just shared. Surf on in next week and be ready to see the world differently. And that's why when Jesus tells you to take heed and no more deceive you, it was no request or suggestion. It was the most cautionary of commands he made of those who lived just prior to his return. Keep looking up, and if he tarries, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening today as we explore just where are we going. Our prayer is that you have been encouraged and strengthened and, if necessary, challenged in your daily journey through life. 
Jesus is coming. You can fall with the night or you can rise with the sun. The choice is yours. You can email us with questions and comments at feedback at spiritwatch.org. And if you need urgent personal spiritual help, email us at help at spiritwatch.org. We look forward to hearing from you. Please follow our podcasting at our Facebook page and our website at spiritwatch.org. This podcast is a production of Spirit Watch Ministries, taking heed that no man deceives you.